What do you think? Shit, he's done something there, hasn't he? How'd you do that? I think that what's happening is two or maybe three different musical things all at the same time. This is the kind of thing we should be doing. Complicated shit. Only thing is, doing complicated shit like this, wouldn't that be against the Big Beat Manifesto? Have you read the Big Beat Manifesto lately? Did we write it down? The Big Beat Manifesto goes, big beats are the best, get high all the time. Right. G'day listeners. You're tuned to Soundwaves, a podcast that explores the nexus between surfing and music and the nefarious spaces in between. Between the wave and the rave, between the heaving shack and the martial stack, between neoprene and spandex, the mosh pit and the death pit, fiberglass and vinyl, the boogie and the board, between Brian Eno and George Greeno. So wax up your stick, crank up the stereo, and paddle out into the secret sonic surf spot that is sound waves. Tales from the shack, shack. Hello, hola. Hello, mm. hello. Um, Liz Anunovo. Ni hao. Ha ha. What year is it? Fuck, 2023. It is. Mm, weird. Um, why, why is that weird? I don't know. It just every year seems, seems weird. Still feels like 1987 mm. to you. 87. No? Uh, wait, 87? I, maybe, maybe. I, no, I, I, think it, I think it feels like uh, 90, maybe 98. Okay. I don't know yeah. if that was a, I don't know if that was a great year, but um, kind of feels like it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Pre millennium tension. It's great going uh, to the Red Cross shop. I've mentioned that before, the old thrift shop. Uh, and, and it's almost like a time machine in board shorts <laughs> uh, where the, the, they go down to the uh, below the knee, two thousands. Um, yeah, it's a it's mm. a weird. Uh, we've we've I'm sure we've talked about this before, but it's a it's one of those things where um, fashion totally um, usurped function. Because I mean, I, okay, Andy oh. Iron, Andy Irons seemed to be able to um, to rip in them, but I remember having a pair of those board shorts and you. You'd kind of get stuck trying to yes, try yeah, to your stand legs up. get kind of mm. yeah, weird. And then obviously, and then and then when the hipsterism came in, they went way too short again and too short. Yeah, mm. now there's a kind there's, of happy medium, I guess. There's a sweet spot for sure. And um, you, know, you know what? And you know what that sweet spot is? It's neoprene board shorts. Oh. A la Oki Night uh, Green Iguana. Mm. Never had a pair, have you? No fucking way. <laughs> <laughs> no, <clears throat> but they were um they were a thing yeah. for a while. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> I mean, it's it's one of those things where probably they are extremely functional, right? Um, mm. everything's held in place. Um, and I guess you you your bits get warm or stay warm. <clears throat> uh, so yeah, but um yeah. Fashion, uh, just, fashion rules yeah. in 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 that respect. Two thousand and twenty three, the year of injury. Yes, yeah. <laughs> uh, so what? So what have you pulled? What have you hurt? Um, uh, uh, I can't believe. I it. mean, bizarre. I've, I've I've been telling myself, you know, I've got to be doing. I've got got to be got to be doing a bit more stretching before a surf. And um, lo and behold, 
one of my first surfs of the new year, I um, there's this fun little left-hand kind of um, uh, mid-length break, and I literally just did a cutback and something went ping in in my uh, midriff. And uh, I'm sure mm. it's just, I'm, I think it's just a bruised rib, but um, it was, I mean, it's so innocuous, but uh, you know what it's like with ribs as well. It's fucking, even the yeah. slightest thing, it's so damn painful. So, um, yeah, so that was on Saturday and I mean, it seems to be worse today. So I don't know if it's the way I'm sleeping or what, but mm. fortunate, fortunately, uh, there's not going to be so- any waves until kind of Monday. So I'm hoping that the... Uh, Hoping that Huey will uh, mend me, mend me quickly. But my, that mm. pales in comparison, mate. I, I hear that. Um, well, I know you're on the uh, on the sick list as well. Yeah, I'm. I'm about to go under the knife. Um, yeah, first. <clears throat> I think this is my first ever sort of surgery. Right. Got to fifty. Got to fifty. Pretty. Uh, <clears throat> you know, injury free. Yeah. And then bang, it's it's uh, it's hit me. Have you um, have yeah. you never had any surfing like you've had a fin shop or a I I'm struggling that I've had a few little refresh yeah. things, you know. Uh couple of uh, urchins in the foot here and there. Yep. Couple of um couple of angry <laughs> Tahitians scaring uh <laughs> the Jesus out of me, but no, nothing physical. A lot of right. emotional scars. <laughs> yeah. Well and that, injuries. That, they you can't you can't get rid yeah. of them, mate. That, that's, They're hard to heal. That's tough. A lot of therapy. Yeah. But um, no, uh, been lucky. So, yeah. So, t- another innocuous thing. I was playing touch footy, actually. Um, yeah. you got to stop that. Warm up before that. Yeah, um, or, or, or just don't play. Mm. Good. Yeah, good Good tip. Uh, well, I was, uh, I've, I've been playing the odd game against um, Bainey. Oh, bloody plays. hell. Yeah. So yeah. So torn bicep tendon. Ouch. A couple of things about that. I didn't know I had a bicep tendon, and I didn't <laughs> really know thing. I had much in the way of biceps. But um, <laughs> let alone being able to tear them. Hmm. So there you go. Surgery to reattach the tendon. Ouch. And all will be good. Anyway, I'm sure the listener loves listening to our. This is to the, like to the, the geriatric, um, the, the geriatric, geriatric injury stories. Yeah. <laughs> well, I tell you, any anyone who's anyone who goes to a uh, uh, to a beach, um, I was at. I think I'm. I don't know if I said this, but at the local surf comp, um, uh, I was judging a couple of months back, and uh, one of the one of the founders of the local surf club hobbled in on crutches and i'm like oh fuck you know what happened to you and yeah. it's like uh i should never play football <laughs> same <laughs> same thing same thing same thing so he, he was kicking about with his kids and uh boom yeah three Don't months th- three months out of the water uh, at least i guess yeah. at least i um i injured myself in the surf i don't know if that makes me feel any better but um yeah, yeah. no i think you did yeah, you did the right the noble, <laughs> the noble thing, and got injured doing uh, what you love. Doing a lame ass cutback. Oh dear. Do you want to hear something completely random? Yes. Um, uh, this is a friend of the show, Nick Cave. How's this oh, for Nick. a? How's this for a? Um, a, 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 t- a title of a, a news story. 
Nick Cave slams AI attempts at Nick Cave songs. <laughs> so some well, he would, wouldn't he? Well, some, some fans, um, there's apparently this an AI bot called Chat GPT. Oh, I've and, heard of this. And the fans um tasked the the AI bot to write songs in the in Nick Cave's style. Yep. And um uh, he has railed against it. Um oh. he, and and good on good on Nick. Gotta love Nick. Um he says the apocalypse is well on its way. Hmm. Uh, and do you want to hear some lyrics from the AI Nick Cave song? I'd love to. I am the sinner. I am the saint. I am the darkness. I am the light. I am the hunter. I am the prey. I am the devil. I am the savior. That's the chorus. It sounds pretty lame, actually. Um, it does, actually. As Nick Cave pointed out, it missed the humanity of a human-derived work. Um, what chat GPT is, in this instance, is replication as travesty. It could, be perhaps, in it could perhaps in time create a song that is on the surface indistinguishable from the original, but it will always be a replication, a kind of burlesque. Songs arise oh. out of suffering, by which I mean they are predicted upon the complex internal human struggle of creation. And, well, as far as I know, algorithms don't feel. Data doesn't suffer. Chat GPT has no inner being. It has been nowhere. It has endured nothing. It has not had the audacity to reach beyond its limitations. And hence, it doesn't have the capacity for a shared transcendent experience as it has no limitations from which to transcend. Oh, that's, I like that. How good that, is, yeah. how fucking good is Nick Cave? But, I mean, Data hasn't suffered. How does he know? Does, <laughs> like, his... Data has feelings too. Oh, no, really? I mean. Oh, it, it gets it gets worse. He says, Mark, <laughs> who I guess is one of the person, the people who, who fucking unleashed this yeah. travesty on the world, he says, Mark, thanks for the song, but with all the love and respect in the world, this song is bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> a grotesque mockery of what it is to be human. I love it. Oh fuck. Nick Cave. He should be he should be sainted, knighted, and made king. Mm. Yep. I wonder I wonder what he thinks of computer shapes in the surfboard realm. Ooh, that is good. Uh, that's an, we yeah. should add that to the episode list. Um, AI yep. and computer shaping. Yeah, I mean, yeah, apparently that Chat GPT. Uh, I heard some uh, university professors in the psychology and philosophy kind of world uh, say that it can actually punch out a pretty good essay. Uh, yeah. uh, <laughs> to the point where, yeah, that, that they're going to have to change the way they uh, assign students uh assignments well okay, the, um, as yeah. as a as a as a person who has marked a hell of a lot of um university mm -hmm. essays at both both undergraduate and postgraduate level uh i wouldn't be surprised a it wouldn't surprise me that an ai can do that and b it's probably better than most of the shit that humans write <laughs> and wow I wonder how they'd go doing a, a surf music podcast. Maybe we should put that in. <laughs> that would be funny. Uh, 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 it, it would be. Would it be more or less unlistenable? They just yeah. Or would uh, it be yeah. a grotesque? Would it be a grotesque mockery of what it is to be a surf and music fan? <laughs>
Hey surfers and music lovers, welcome to That Soundwaves podcast. I'm your host, Dazza B, and I'm here to bring you the best of both worlds, surf and music. This week, we're taking a trip down the California coast to catch some gnarly waves and listen to some sick beats. Let's start with the surf report. The waves are looking pretty good today, folks. We've got some five-foot waves at Malibu, and the water is warm, so you can leave your wetsuit at home. But watch out for the locals, they're always territorial. But if you're looking for a more laid-back surf spot, head on over to Santa Cruz. The waves are a little smaller, but they're perfect for a lazy day of cruising and soaking up some sun. And if you're feeling adventurous, go check out Mavericks. It's one of the biggest surf spots on the West Coast, but it's not for the faint of heart. You've got to have some serious skills to tackle those waves. Now let's turn our attention to the music scene. If you're heading to Malibu, you'll want to listen to some classic surf rock. Like the Beach Boys or Jan and Dean. These bands will get you in the surfing spirit and have you humming along in no time. But if you're feeling a little more alternative, check out Weezer. They're a surf rock band with a punk twist, and they're guaranteed to get your head banging. And if you're feeling really wild, head on over to Santa Cruz and listen to the Red Hot Chili Peppers. These guys are a funky surf rock band that will have you dancing on the beach. Well, that's it for this week's Surf and Sound Waves podcast. Thanks for tuning in. And don't forget to catch some waves and some sick beats. Until next time, surf's up. Hey, can I ask you a question? Yes. Before, because I'm, 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 I think we're about to 2023. I, I can see us getting pretty huge. Mm. Uh, so before we go any further, I just want to ask you: Have you ever dressed up as a Nazi? <laughs> um, I did see this. This is something to do with this, the Premier, is it in in New South Wales? Yes, um, in New South Wales. <laughs> Admitted to dressing up as a Nazi at his 21st birthday many moons ago, I'm guessing over 20 years ago. Um, it's funny because uh, I'm not a huge, I've, I've never been a big kind of fancy dress type person. Um, oh, okay. I mean, yeah, obviously I'll go to fancy dress if, if, if there is. and But I usually kind of go a bit left field. Like I, um, we went to a fancy dress horror party and what I did is I got a, book i think it was like edgar Allan poe or something from the uh from vinnie's and i ripped yeah. out all the all the pages and i just stuck them to myself <laughs> so that was oh, my, nice that was my fancy dress it was like a reinterpretation so um if i was gonna go full adolf i i think it it might even pass under the um the political correct the the uh, uh, the woke sensor sensor radar right because it would be that. so um, left of field yeah or kind of obtuse 
Um, but no, I've never dressed up as a Nazi. I've never put on blackface as far as I can remember. Um, no, my, um, my record is clear. <laughs> cool. Okay. Uh, yeah. What about you? No, nah, not, not that I know of. Um, I think I'm clear too. I don't think it's one of those things. Ever since I was a kid, um, you know, as a as a as a student of history and a fan of uh, of history, I, you know, I always my oldies always bought me those cool. I can't remember the the actual editor, but you know those history books that um, it's it's like pages and pages. It's all uh, drawings, and you might oh. have you might have ancient Rome or the pyramids or whatever. And it's oh, it's wow. it's almost okay, like a yeah. cart. It's like a cartoon, but it's it's educational. Ever since I was a youngster. I wasn't that big on Nazis. Didn't really, <laughs> didn't really like them. Didn't didn't really gel with you the whole philosophy. Fucking Nazis. They were Nazis, dude. Oh come on, Donnie. They were threatening castration. Uh huh. Are we gonna split hairs here? No. no. Am I wrong? Well, he, he man, they Am were I? nihilists, man. Huh? They kept saying they believed in nothing. Nihilists. Fuck me. I mean, say what you want about the tenets of National Socialism, dude. At least it's an ethos. Yeah. You know, I mean, should should Big Wednesday be cancelled because one of the guys well, dresses, this dresses up, as, dresses say, up yeah, as a was, fucking Nazi and that? I mean... It was quite on. a big thing back in the... Uh, what? I think in the, the Mickey Dora era as well. <laughs> anyway. Um, Good question. I don't know what, it's, a, yeah, it's, yeah. it's a nice uh, philosophical uh, start, mm. to the, start to the episode. Can I just mention? I uh, got I got a um, a little message from Calvo, one of our, hey, Calvo. our loyal listeners. Is, um, he st- is he still out in the seven seas? I think he must be. Yeah. He's, he's out there somewhere. But he sent me uh, a tune. Um, wow. A band called I love the name of this band. So, uh, actually, no, this is the album, Silent Struggles. I okay. think we've all been through some silent struggles <laughs> daily. Uh, out daily, surf, definitely. Um, and the, uh, the song is called The Road to Laguna. Um, yeah, so it's a quite a surf, uh, tinged, uh, instrumental. Yeah, the band's called Makoka, and I believe they um, might be German of all people, of all, um, things. things. Yeah. The um the surf instrumental is something that um has been sorely lacking in uh, uh in modern music. I mean, uh, obviously, I mean the, the last one I can think of would probably be Midnight Oil's Wedding Cake Island. Um, yeah, the, um, what are they did, called? Did the Pixies, the, um... the Pixies must have done one, surely. Oh, the Cruel Sea did a bit. Oh yeah, yep, yep. Yeah, yeah, Pixies definitely. Few surf instrumentals. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Well, thanks, Calvo. On ya. So you got anything to, apart from our uh, our poor physical state, and uh, as it seems, our relatively um, poor mental state. Oh no, we're 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 all right. We're not dressing up as Nazis. Um, yeah, are there any, any anything to anything to look back on 
of any mm. note? Well, um, we went through our last episode of, you know, the best of, well, it was a pretty, you know, it was just a, a little... Um, Year in review. Yeah, sort of. But um, I kind of missed mentioning Rage 400. That was one of my favourite uh, clips. The old Rage team. I've mentioned them before. Now, hang Reed on. McCann. I always get confused with Rage and Drag. Are they similar? I know. I get you. Rage are the more surf, Drag are the boogie board. Right. Yep. Thing. Yep. Yeah. But the uh, the kind uh, of the ethos is similar. There's some overlap, I'm sure. Yeah. Okay. But... um. Best thing to come out of that, I think, was a few things. Rage 400, check it out, probably on YouTube. Got, uh, it's got Creed, it's Creed is in both of them, right? Yep, yep. Creed's, yeah, Creed's probably the, uh, he's a bit of a, um, what do you call him? Seven degrees of, uh, Creed's yeah, tagger. Yeah, he's a bit, of, he's a bit of a chameleon as well, isn't he? I, mm. I like, he, he kind of, uh, he, he flows between scenes and between, you know, he's got the it he's does. got he's got the, the street cred of a pro and of a a free surfer and of a kind of um, washed up punk. Yeah, exactly. Of, All at the same yeah. time. Yeah. Good on him. Credit to Creed. Yeah, go Creed. Um but anyway, yeah. Oh, there's a few things from this. Um one of my Bodger boys was listening to it on the uh on the old stereo, a song called The Nineteenth Nervous Breakdown by a guy called Nash the Slash. Is that I love any... it. Nash the Slash was interesting. He's he's this weird artist who performs with his face bound up in surgical kind of wrapping, which Ooh. is quite bizarre. But I didn't realise it's a great song, 19th Nervous Breakdown. It's actually a Rolling Stones cover I later found out. Oh, yeah, um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Speaking of Creed, he so he picked up this old Dalberg, like long, I don't know, I suppose nineties. What 70s. a Dalberg, did you say? Yeah, yeah, like a, a real <laughs> yeah. sort of nineties esque Dalberg, and that's what he's been writing from uh, uh, since he picked it up. And it's great to see someone surfing an old, long, I suppose in the in the sort of style of Mason Ho. I, I'm guessing. Um, just ripping on a big, with a lot of rail. I think that's what we're missing. You sent that's what, you sent that that photo of him just doing like mm. the most monster. I don't know. It's like that's a that's on the Dalberg. Is it a yes. Larry? Is it? A, it's kind of like a Larry. It's just crazy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. A proper turn, I think it's called. And it that is. was what Noah was missing. Noah needs to get his hands on on a on a longer board, maybe a. 
1990s LSD from under someone's <laughs> garage. I wonder if there um, are any. I mean, there, there must be. <laughs> Luke must have some um, uh, some old stuff. Do you think? Do you think that shapers do hold on to their old um, their old oh. stuff? Well, this is interesting. I think we might touch on this in our um, topic today. The right. um, the masterpiece topic. Should we? Should we? Um, should we get onto it? I reckon we should. I just like before we do. I just want to um, put a shout out or Val V A L E, not Val as in uh, Val. Oh, yeah. vulnerable adult learner uh, to Jeff Beck. <clears throat> another. Oh, I saw that. Another Beck. one who um, left this mortal coil uh, this week. Um, mm. Amazing guitarist, pretty influential. Uh, there's a, a photo that we'll put up on the on the um, on the gram of the Jeff Beck group in the late '60s, and it's epic. You've got Rod Stewart looking saucy with his hand down his pants. Uh, Ronnie Wood um, with a, the best look of all time, which is the leather jacket with nothing on underneath. Um, nice. About to light a about to light a ciggy, <clears throat> and Jeff Beck. Standing in overall, um, no, in braces with a paisley shirt draped around his, um, his uh, him, himself and looking fucking super wow. cool. Um, my old man and I went and saw Jeff Beck not that long ago, maybe what? within the last, I don't know, six years at the Enmore. Fuck, absolutely, wow. absolutely, um, epic, amazing, amazing guitarist. Just, really? Yeah, yeah. And uh, I'll just just quote Jimmy Page um, said, "The six-stringed warrior is no longer here for us to admire the spell he could weave around our mortal emotions. Jeff could channel music from the ethereal. His technique unique. His imaginations apparently limitless. Jeff, I will miss you. Blah 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 blah. But I thought I thought that was pretty uh, pretty cool. The six-stringed warrior. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> so yeah, um, I don't know if anyone is it. Oh and. Some guy died at Nazare. <laughs> yeah, that's not heavy. Su- not surprising. <laughs> Fuck. It, I'm not, it's I'm not funny, laughing. Isn't it? I'm not laughing at the death. No, of the no, no. But it 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 doesn't. It's funny how it's. It's almost like well, you're expecting that to happen every time. Yeah, but it, it doesn't, and it's so uh, when it actually does happen, it, it is a surprise. And I noticed. Uh, I think. There was quite a few serious injuries at Pipe as well just recently. Um, yeah, just in the last couple of days, right? Yeah, yeah. And you kind of forget. Like you, like the guys like uh, John John and... Well, uh, John, and John John. Any others. <laughs> well, well, and Mason John, and... Um, yeah, they seem to treat it like a playground, you yeah. know. Um, and you do Boy forget that it. it does kill people. Um, <clears throat> it can. So, yeah, yeah. Well, no, I mean, it does. You know, Pipe... I think statistically pipe still is the most dangerous wave on the planet. So, right. <clears throat> I mean, no doubt complicated by the fact that there's a hundred fucking guys mm, on it. I yeah. mean, people, I mean, if you think how gnarly it is when you're surfing a six foot sucky beach break <laughs> <laughs> um, and, uh, and, you know, with a few guys, um, yeah. multiply that by an infinite amount and then put, Hundred no. of hundred of the best surfers in the world. People are going waves that you that they definitely should not be going, right? Yeah. <clears throat> well, yeah. and also also the fact that um, we didn't talk about this in a. I was going to 
mentioned this in an episode. Uh, I can't remember one of the previous ones. Um, <clears throat> there's all these fucking Instagram heroes now who are going out and into places that they definitely shouldn't. Did you see that? There was a report of a uh, some guy who went out wire me the other day. And oh yes, <clears throat> and just kind of straightened out into <laughs> yeah into a local guy and put the guy put the other guy in hospital basically. Really? Yeah. yeah. You can't walk on Centre Court at fucking Wimbledon and start fucking um, having a hit around with with uh, Djokovic or anything, can you? Um, <clears throat> but you can. Uh, not only that, no. you can't walk into Centre Court and start firing balls at Djokovic's head. <laughs> but you yeah, can do. What he's you trying can, to play. But you can. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. But you can do that in the surf. It's quite. It's quite yeah. bizarre. That was wonderful. Bravo. I loved that. Oh, it was great. Well, it was pretty good. Well, it wasn't bad. Well, there were parts of it that weren't very good, It could have been a lot better. I didn't really like it. It was pretty terrible. It was bad. It was awful. It was terrible. Get him away. Hey, boo. Boo. Right. Um, Well, um, masterpieces. Masterpieces. Take us away. Well, why don't I I start with a quote? Here we go. Always good. Okay. This is from Robert A. Heinlein. Taking the Heimline. Heim, heim anyway, <laughs> masterpiece. Anybody can look at a pretty girl and see a pretty girl. An artist can look at a pretty girl and see the old woman she will become. A better artist can look at an old woman and see the pretty girl that she used to be. But a great artist, a master, can look at an old woman, portray her exactly as she is, and force the viewer to see the pretty girl she used to be. And more than that, they can make anyone with the sensitivity of an armadillo or even you see that this lovely girl is still alive, not old and ugly at all, but simply prisoned inside her ruined body. Wow, that's cool. Yeah. <laughs> I and, mean, uh, it, 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 it instantly makes you think of um, the Mona Lisa for some reason. Um, I've seen her a couple of times. Um, well, at least I've seen whatever the they have, whatever they have hanging in the Louvre. Whether it's whether it's yeah. her or, or whether um, the Pope has it in his bathroom, I'm not sure. Um, but uh, obviously, it's a masterpiece in many ways. Can't say I like it, um, but I guess that she kind of encapsulates that. Um, you know, is she old? Is she young? Is she beautiful? Is she, is she ugly? Mm. Is she smiling? uh etc so yeah Yeah. so i like it so yeah and and one more um and this might be uh more to do with uh surf than music uh in time all great masterpieces turn into shameless creatures who laugh at their creators that's cool who said that sorry that was errol ozan I have no idea who Errol Ozan is, but uh, well, well, that's like really it. good. That's really good because I kind of when when you uh, when I was thinking about this um, idea of masterpieces, <clears throat> I kind of thought of a couple of potential masterpieces in in surf and and uh, and music, and then I thought to myself, well, are these masterpieces or is this just completely debatable? And have mm. we have we duped ourselves? Um, yes. Has has retrospect become um, our greatest folly? Along those lines, I've got a quote from Sophocles, from Oedipus Rex, and this is really this I thought was quite quite profound. Obviously, um, 
you know, you don't get to be a, a classic Greek philosopher for nothing. Um, I have no desire to suffer twice in reality and then in retrospect. There's an old saying in Tennessee, I know it's in Texas, probably in Tennessee, that says, fool me once, shame on, shame on you. It fooled me, we can't get fooled again. Well, what I was uh, interested to find out, I never really thought about what masterpiece meant. And um, it actually uh, makes sense. They were basically, if you wanted to be enter the guild of, of uh, watchmakers, you had to produce what was your masterpiece. Uh-huh. Um, so a piece of work that showed that you were uh uh worthy of entering the guild and you could become a master at that um uh trade you know mm-hmm. so if you if you wanted to enter the guild of uh i don't know i know gimp mask makers you had to produce <laughs> a, a a fine leather zip mask and uh in you in you went but uh and it made me think i mean surfing hasn't really got like there's no guild of surf craft makers there's no leg rope guild how, how do we how do we judge what is worthy and 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 who is worthy well what if you were to name a masterpiece say in one masterpiece in surfing and in music what would you what comes to your head in my mind without a doubt a masterpiece in surfing is the um the reverse v Ah, I think a yeah. lot of masterpieces, um, probably not the watch example, but a lot of masterpieces are masterpieces um, kind of unintentionally, right? This is the original and the first reverse V that Tom ever surfed. So here's the story. I tried to shape a board without any V from nose to tail. Not being a very good craftsman, uh, I think I had a few bumps up here and that, and I actually created uh, a V up here. As you can see, it's got quite a lot of V. Also, these particular blanks in the container had bent an extra three quarters of an inch in the nose and an extra three quarters of an inch in the tail. So they had more rocker. So I went, wow, if I took all the V out, because traditionally we put V, we thought by putting a V here, the board would loosen up and rock from side to side. I actually made this board for Tom as a bit of a joke. And I just went, yeah, 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 I'll make it to him. It looked really cool, but all the technical formulas that I had in my head didn't relate to this board. So the story is that Tom came down, grabbed the board, called me up that night and went, this board's faster, carves better. This is better than any of the boards you made in the last year. So the reverse V, yeah, good old tested design. It was a quantum leap in performance. It went faster and it carved more vertical and did shorter radius turns. And that's, that's the formula. In music, it's probably even more of a, more of a case where things are bandied about as being, you know, masterpieces. Um, yep. And of course, again, there's a humongous level of subjectivity uh, to this. Uh, I'm going to say a kind of blue. 
um, by John Coltrane. That's a ah, masterpiece. Right. Um, it's timeless. It's, uh, it's you know, it's totally um, held up to to everything. It's influenced um, a whole range of people from, you know, from Herbie Hancock to Prince to, uh, I don't know, probably Brian Eno, I'm sure, Brian <laughs> Eno. Um, so, yeah, that's that for me, that's kind of a, a that would be a, a masterpiece. I mean, I've got a, a couple of other ones, but w- what about you? Do you have a, an example for, for for each of the two? Yeah, it's weird. I, I um, I'm not. Yeah, this is what actually got me onto it. I was thinking about um, this album because I'm actually not a huge fan of the band, and I, and even the album, uh, I don't listen to a lot. Um, but OK Computer by Radiohead. I don't know for some reason, I always think of that album as a masterpiece. I always think of that album as just a perfect album because because of the feel it generates. I, I can't think of another album that so uh, encapsulates a mood and it's that dystopian kind of Brave New World 1984 vibe that it gives out. I would agree with you. I mean, um, what it does do, and this is um, for me a big a big tick in, in the, uh, if you're going to go into a masterpiece or, you know, classic album kind of uh, realm, it, it, it has this sense of urgency, you know, um, mm. and it does also have the uh, the artwork, which um, you can't, mm. which is super super cool as well. So yeah, I'm yeah. I'm, I'm backing you on the uh, on on the Radiohead. Shitter, crappier, more boring than the other tracks on this CD, but I needed to fill up a bit of space. So I decided a computer talking bollocks would do the trick and people might think it was art. In fact it's just poo poo. Stinky poo peanuts. With wonky sounds and dirty wordly noises in the background to make it sound more meaningful. In fact it's about as meaningful as a nurse. With a purse. In a hearse. Which, come to think of it is actually quite meaningful. Okay then. It's more like a gerbil tied to a monkey with a little baseball cap on. Who is called Tony? Hello, Tony. Poopy, 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 poo. So yeah, I, I would, I would go with the, I would go with the, uh, the OK computer. Uh, what about Surfwise? Have you got any, any? Um... Well, Surfwise, I do have a list of kind of things. They're all probably pretty typical. Like you would you would kind of think of them like the Terry Fitz single fin, the MR20, the Simon Thruster, yep. the Bonza, the Lightning Bolt logo, the Quicksilver logo perhaps. Yeah, I'm, I'm, uh, we still haven't done John, our lo- we still haven't done our logo um episode but uh <laughs> John John Florence's turns, I don't know, is that a masterpiece? I, I would um, say I would say so. But well, I I thought I, I could say what isn't a masterpiece because I kind of I think that was going back to my quote about um, shameless creatures who laugh at their creators. Um, there's this great article I found by Paul Evans from Wavelength Magazine. Yeah, I like I Paul really... Evans actually. I, I, yeah, okay. Oh, yeah. Right. Anyway, this is this is actually from 2019, so uh, my. Maybe dated, I don't know. Uh, but it's, it's about basically two surfboards that, I don't know, probably 
aren't masterpieces. So I don't know. I'll just read read the article because I, I quite like it. Do you mind if uh, indulge it. me? Do um, it, mate. Indulge. In this. It says, oh. the modern surfboard buyer must contend with a variety of puzzles. Aside from choice paralysis in terms of models, shapes, and sizes, aside from more binary PU slash epoxy decisions, there is the ever-present threat of ending up with a board that doesn't go. Unbelievably, there is perhaps an even worse outcome, a worse fate to befall the luckless owner, a board that is hard to love. <laughs> sure, that might be very closely related to whether it goes, but possibly not. Maybe it's just the result of a logo placement miscommunication, perhaps a custom spray gone awry. Maybe, just like with human relationships, you simply woke up one day and felt different. Most likely, though, it's a reflection of how the board makes you feel about yourself, about the culmination of life choices that ended up with you here today, walking back across a lonely beach after an unspectacular surf with it under your arm. And he goes on to describe two different types of surfboards that describe this uh, love affair gone wrong. The first one is the Mini Simmons. I never Ooh. had a Mini Simmons. So shout, no. shout out to O-Dog. O-Dog. Uh, uh, I love this. There's nothing more in life, sorry, there's nothing in life more regrettable than that which was just recently in fashion. There was a time a mere half decade ago when you couldn't move for Mini Simmons and their top button done up, rolled up beanie bellend exponents, championing their virtues. Alas, much like all vertebrae at the end of the end Permian extinction, suddenly they were nowhere to be seen. Unlike the dinosaurs who had an ecological role, a function in the universe, we are left to wonder why the Mini Simmons ever existed. <laughs> ever seen anyone surfing well on one? Just a regular bod angling down the line on a thick rectangle of surfboard. That's brilliant. And and this is uh, the catch surf. This is the, I think. Oh, the yes, yes, yes. Softboard conundrum. The catch surf conundrum cuts right into the very core of our shred identity. Their virtues are many and largely practical. And every surfboard design will have its drawbacks, of course. The Catch Surf surfboard? Sure, there are hydrodynamic performance limitations, probably. But the one, the main one is emotional. And I call it the surf cunt paradox. <laughs> the lurid surfboard proposition requires overt expressions of having fun all the time. Whimsical, frivolous fun. J-O-B in his pyjamas, poopies in his speedos. That frivolity and jo joviality, feigned or otherwise, is readily forthcoming on the hottest days of summer. Party waves, pulling into dry shories, chugging a beer. But seasons change, moods darken. We're left with the spectacle of the grumpy, miserable local, face like a slapped ass on a bright pink five-foot-four beater. <laughs> That's it's the surf that's brilliant sorry it's the surf craft equivalent of when you're in a half some tit going come on smile your surfboard <laughs> should be the facilitator of your vibe not the dictator of it catch surf is the surfing equivalent of the office christmas party's forced fun that's cool man that's brilliant i like it what what would you consider to be then the australian masterpiece slash 
magnum opus? Is there a well? Is there a, is there an Australian album that that ticks those boxes? I can't think of any albums. Um, I do have one song. I mean, mm-hmm. interestingly, most of the surfing um, masterpieces were Australian. The from the single, the twin, and the thruster, all, all uh, Aussie Aussie made. Um, but uh, in in the music world, I. I there's a song I, I reckon definitely comes under, well, at least for me, is a masterpiece. Um, Cattle and Cane, Go Betweens. Yes. Um, yes, yes, yes. Yeah, just it's the crazy time signature. And um, it was written on uh, Grant McLennan uh, was in London and he picked up a uh, guitar of one of his flatmates. It was Nick Caves, right on Nick Caves' guitar. Bloody hell. Nick Cave popping up yeah. everywhere, isn't he? I know he's uh, he does, but... he's rivaling Eno for his um uh, yeah. for his ubiquity in the uh, in the in our podcast. <clears throat> but uh, how's this? This is um, Paul Kelly when he first heard Cattle and Kane. He was driving uh, his car and it came on the radio and he said, "My skin started tingling. I had to pull over. It had an odd jerky time signature which acted as a little trip switch into another world." Weird and heavenly and deeply familiar all at once. I could smell that song. What planet was this from? When did the Stranglers go to northern Queensland and get all arty? (laughs) That's cool. have a band that's like one of your favorites you kind of you alternate between different yeah. different discs being your your preferred uh disc and and i'm very much at the moment in the camp of red sails in the sunset being the best okay um, yeah not all album so and, and that also ticks a lot of the boxes certainly the artwork is um something to uh, mm. to behold um uh, apart from that um yeah, born Sandy devotional. Oh yeah, I was just that the other day. Um, um, and and on a m- number of levels, because I just think that the um, I, I think that that album just has some sort of. I think we've talked about this uh, before, but it's there's some sort of mystique. Um, the band, the album, the whole thing is some. There's kind of some sort of magic in it. Um, mm. so that, um, and, and I think as a kid, I don't know why, but that album just seemed to be, it was like something that you couldn't get hold of either. I don't know if it was, uh, I'm sure this I could have. Triffords one. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm yeah, sure. Yeah. I'm sure I could have just gone to Red Eye Records and, 
and uh, and bought it. But um, <laughs> there was something yeah. kind of unattainable about the Triffids. Uh, yes. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, you know, maybe it's from where because you know, they're from Perth, right? Um, yeah. Yeah. And the you know the album cover is cool. Everything about it is kind of kind of yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, out there. That's what you mean. That a bit a bit uh, mysterious mm. still. as as uh, masterpieces like well no as wave riots you know so well, no i've, I've like, got I, i've got one the um oh uh, and this is a without a doubt <clears throat> uh the snap heard around the world the tc snap yeah how good yeah. um and it's interesting because there's a whole article on it um in surfline by uh guess who <laughs> Matt Warshaw? <laughs> no. Brian Eno? No. Uh, Nick, uh, Car- Nick Carroll. <laughs> oh, Nick Carroll. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it's, it, it is quite interesting. Um, uh, he, he, he talks about the whole um, the whole thing and uh, uh, kind of gives it a bit of um, gives it a bit of context. But it, uh, this is interesting for for us as 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 where we grew up. It says. Um, Late that day, as the semis progressed, I sat up the beach with Aussie pro surfer Graham Sess Wilson, shout out mm. to Sess, and watched TC get a wave that sat up hard on the sandbar, a wall, not just a barrel, a 10 to 12 foot wave. He came off the base and drove straight up the backlit face at the last possible moment, shifted his weight, uh, and at the last possible moment, shifted his weight to the opposite rail. That very turn, the board swung round through an impossible arc um, and caught a rail at the end. Sess and I looked at each other. Did we really see that? We did. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, and that was before the snap held heard around the world. So TC had been practising this snap. Um, ah, right. So seven years later, when TC pulled the, the snap in front of everyone to sort of universal s- shell shock, all I could think was I've been waiting for him to finish a turn uh, like that for for everyone forever so um you know uh, wow but then it's funny because I, I i will put it into the to the uh definite masterpiece category but then if you watch it you kind of think ah i don't know compared to some things these days <laughs> maybe it's, yeah yeah has <laughs> it, it's it dated i don't know it's still pretty, uh, it, it, we, pretty we're crazy. such a, we, we um they have to be in context with the time, though, I suppose, those things. Well, exactly. And um, as, as John Mouse says, uh, we, we we must be the pitiless censors of ourselves because um, we, you know, it's it's very easy. The retrospect thing uh, is, is, is yeah. all well and good. Um, I've got a yeah, couple cause... more without without a doubt. Um, modern wetsuits. Oh, nice. Yes. 
um, it, just because you know it's it it's so bizarre the whole the whole thought of even being cold when you're surfing. I mean, it's it's just it's just not it's not relevant anymore, really. You know, um, wind guru. Oh, surf! Yeah, that's a a masterpiece of uh, of uh, algorithmic hey, forecasting. <laughs> algorithmic genius I wonder what um, Nick thinks of that yeah well yeah uh yes <laughs> i wonder i wonder what he does uh i mean it's it's ridiculous the i don't know yeah. I, I i did find that when i was living back in sydney that the guru wasn't as switched on as it is here i don't know yeah i think it's to do with the length of like you've got those swells that come from a long way away. Mm, and true. so it's easier to predict when the swell is going to hit because that, that storm was five days ago, whereas most of our waves come from two days ago or one day ago, if you know what I mean. Yeah. And yeah. so, you, you yeah, you're more inclined to be wrong, I think. With those yeah, short- but... No, absolutely. I, I think that, that that totally that totally makes sense. The, the only thing here also is that what we do tend to have is that the fact that the the actual wind itself that it's so um uh, like if it says it's going to fucking the wind's going to turn or come in at at, at x time it generally does oh it does yeah Yeah, right around here it's really it's really quite um, itself yeah, it's really quite a quite amazing. Um, uh, Abbey Road, I I would say the White Album. Um, we've we've talked about that uh, before. Nice. Um, I got I got a couple of waves, like I was saying, right? Like there's the TC Snap. Yep. How about the Laird uh, Millennial Wave? Oh, it's got to be. It's got to be. And I know Laird. Uh, I, I don't know. Sometimes I I feel like he doesn't classify as a surfer. He just doesn't seem like a surfer. Well, he's almost like a cartoon cutout of a, yes. of a just a, of a it's like just, a, a god um gone wrong. Yes. But I, I rewatched that millennial wave and it's still pretty crazy. And again, uh, it probably like, isn't as heavy like a, as it's nuts. But the crazy thing I didn't notice at the time was he was wearing a sh- a purple short sleeve rashi. I mean <laughs> enough said. I mean that, Oh, that's good. <clears throat> that's really good. I think it's the single heaviest thing I've ever seen in surfing. What could be heavier than that? Laird's Wave at Chopu was the most amazing, single most significant ride in surfing history, more than any other ride. Because what it did is it completely restructured collectively our entire perception of what was possible. You go through a surf magazine, you've seen Pipeline, you've seen Off the Wall, you've seen Waimea, you've seen everything, and none of it has any impact. But when that photo came out, it stopped everyone's heart, and they went, where and what is that? I remember picking up that magazine, looking at that magazine, and just going, man, that shit's impossible. You don't do that. In my absolute prime, there's absolutely no way I could ride a wave like that. Normally, surfers are dragging this hand along the face. Laird had to drag his right, his back hand, on the opposite side of his board to keep himself from getting sucked up in that hydraulic. You know, in the middle of that maelstrom, how did his mind say, this is what I have to do? No one had ever ridden as Laird rode on that wave before. And so it was the imagination of dealing with that unimaginable energy 
and coming up with the plan spontaneously. He couldn't practice. Uh, yeah. So um, does, does the masterpiece aspect get tarnished because of his fashion faux pas? I, I don't know. I think I think it cements it in a place in time even better. <laughs> well, it's it's like, a, yeah, it certainly does that. The thing is that, that we're in an age where things are so soundbitey, so um, uh, Instagram-y, yes. TikTok-y that uh, the masterpiece has a has a a very short shelf life. <laughs> yeah, has it has it even got a role anymore? Well, um, yeah, well, that's yeah. it. Maybe maybe the maybe the there will the, the the whole idea of masterpieces uh, has just disappeared for for yeah. good. How, <laughs> how about Steph uh, Gilmore at uh, Snapper Rocks? That's yeah. like a yeah. Um, that's pretty. Yeah, it's kind of like on any given day, there's a master, a master class, if, if you like. Of, a master, yeah, yeah. Um, mm. Wow. Yes. Well, um, on that note, I think we're going to have to uh, sound off, and because uh, my uh, master, a masterpiece of uh, of uh, teaching is about to happen. <laughs> oh wow! <Yeah>. Yes. <clears throat> Not. Um, well, just just make sure that your your student isn't just tapping away at. Uh, what is it again? TP, whatever it is. That, uh, <laughs> well, maybe the, maybe maybe the student is is an AI, and the, the kid is right. the kid is that smart. He's he's actually uh, managed to set up a hologram of himself. And credit to him if he can do that. Yeah. I would. I would do I'd, that. Yeah, I'd give him. Props. You're gonna go far. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <clears throat> all right, brother. Um, let's sign off and uh, go about our ways and hobble hobble into the next. Uh, into, That's into right. the next podcast. Yep. Um, well, here's to here's to your uh, injury. Ho- yep. Hopefully, uh, you got it on ice. Yeah. Well, I've just I've just actually um uh, I was looking that the, the surf is actually going to be pumping next week. So, but pumping in a nice kind of mellow way, like three to four foot pumping. So that 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 oh. should hopefully be something that I can slowly ease myself uh, back yep. back onto the well. back onto the board. And, and not not try to do anything um, that resembles a, a manoeuvre. No, well, no. <laughs> manoeuvres, manoeuvres, manoeuvre. But right. um, and never well, forget that that uh, pharmaceutical masterpiece, um, ibuprofen. No, no, I've already uh, I've already um, uh, indulged this morning. So, <laughs> on that note, um, uh, take it sponsor. easy. Get shacked and you. Now, somewhere in the black mining hills of Dakota, there lived a young boy named Rocky Raccoon. And one day, his woman ran off with another guy, hit young Rocky in the eye. Rocky didn't like that. He said, I'm going to get that boy. So, one day, he walked into town, booked himself a room in the local saloon. Rocky Raccoon. Checked into his room Only to find Gideon's Bible Rocky had come Equipped with a gun To shoot off the legs of his rival His rival, it seems Had broken his dreams By stealing the girl of his fancy Her name was McGill And she called herself Lil But everyone knew her as Nancy Now she and her man 
He said, Danny boy, this is a showdown But Daniel was hot He drew fast and shot And Rocky collapsed in the corner Rocky Raccoon, he fell back in here. 